0: Acts 4 and Acts 17 primarily, and I'll read the texts as we go. Let's go ahead and pray again together. Our Father in heaven, as we open up your word, we do ask that you would open up our hearts and minds to receive it, that it might result in a proclamation of your word, that we might ultimately leave here this morning with a greater love for Jesus, a greater devotion to your word, ready to share the good news about Jesus. So would you do that for us this morning? In Jesus' name, amen. The things that matter most in life require us to have the skill to do small things mostly overlooked things for a long period of time. And Christ calls this great. Zach Eswine, he was the speaker at our annual district conference this last month, and he articulated this so well to us. We are expected to do large things famously as fast as possible and to call this great in the name of God. And then he said, almost anything in life that truly matters will require you to do small mostly overlooked things over a long period of time right isn't isn't that true playing an instrument requires you to do small mostly overlooked things for a long period of time you want to be good at it succeeding in a sport Small, mostly overlooked things for a long period of time. Marriage. Parenting. Reputation. Your job. Small, mostly overlooked things for a long period of time. Physical growth. Small, mostly overlooked things for a long period of time. Growth in Christ. And the growth of the church, small, mostly overlooked things for a long period of time. This truly was the the Jesus way, and it is foreign to our culture. And I believe that Zach Eswine was exactly right in in pointing this out to us. And I I bring this up because I'm introducing a a mini-series, right? So we're talking about the church as a whole, This doctrine of the church, I'm I'm introducing a mini-series this morning called The Growth of the Church, right? So we're going to highlight the growth of the church, because I fear that when we read the book of Acts, which describes the life of the early church, and we see this numerical growth, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of people coming to faith in Jesus Christ, and and the gospel spreading rapidly. And the church is growing so fast that we read this and we become discouraged. Especially when we look at our own circumstances. Lord, I just don't see church growth the way it happened in Acts. We must be doing something wrong. And we become discouraged. Where's the revival that we're longing for in our area? Lord, I just don't see it. So, I want us to remember the quote from Zach Eswine. The things that matter most in life require us to have the skill to do small things mostly overlooked things for a long period of time and Christ calls that Christ calls this great. And so this morning over the next several weeks we're going to consider the growth of the church. We're going to see how proclamation, prayer, fellowship, in unity, purity, persecution, or some of the, the means, some of the ways that God uses to bring about the growth of the church. And when we address the issue of the growth of the church, I want us to not think merely in terms of numerical growth, but spiritual growth for us as well. So my main point this morning is this. We're focusing on, on proclamation. The growth of the church occurs through the proclamation of the word of God. Ordinary action that we do. Ordinary means God uses in extraordinary ways. Proclamation, proclaiming and, and declaring the word of God to one another and to ourselves. So this morning, I want us to see that the growth the church occurs through the proclamation of God's word. And then I want to consider three practical implications for us as, as individuals and as a church. And the last one will focus more on the church. So look with me now at Acts 2, 40 through 42. And with many words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Verse 42, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. In this context, in this passage, the day of Pentecost had arrived. Acts chapter 2, the beginning of chapter 2. Jesus had ascended into heaven, and prior to that historic event, he commissions his disciples to, to proclaim the gospel, to make disciples, to bear witness to him. Christ was going to build his church through his followers as they bore witness to him, as they proclaimed God's word to people. And so that the day of Pentecost had arrived. The disciples are, are gathered together. And the Holy Spirit is now poured out on them. And they begin to speak in foreign languages, which they had never learned. And as the people heard them, they were confused by this and supposed that they were drunk. Well, they must be drunk. Peter then stands up in the midst of them and addresses the people in Acts 2, 14 through 36. And he proclaims the good news about Jesus Christ. He describes how the Old Testament scriptures are fulfilled in Jesus. Jesus had now ushered in the last days with the arrival of the Spirit who was poured out on God's people by the resurrected and exalted Christ, which they had crucified. Notice verse 36. "'Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ.'" this Jesus whom you crucified. So he proclaims God's word fulfilled in Jesus. And then the people become convicted of their sin and are told to repent and be baptized. And then we're given the summary statement in verse 40. Verse, verse 40. And with many other words, he bore witness and continued to exhort them, saying, Save yourselves from this crooked generation. Peter proclaimed the word of God. And it led to conviction. And he pleaded with the people to repent and believe, repent of their sins, and to identify themselves with Christ through the waters of baptism. As he bore witness to Jesus, and as he exhorted them to turn away from their sins in the course of this world and trust in Jesus, what happened? Verse 41 So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Conversions happened. The church grew as those who heard the word received it. They believed it. The growth of the early church came as a result of God's word being proclaimed. We know this, right? Paul is clear in Romans chapter 10. He says this. He says, there's no distinction. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And then we have this chain of questions. How can they call on the one in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they've never heard? How are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent Conclusion in verse 17, Romans 10 17. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Someone must be sent to proclaim Jesus so they hear and believe and call upon the name of the Lord and so be saved. You see? Growth happens as a result of the proclamation of God's word, the the word of Christ, the word about Christ, not our own word, not our own opinions, not what people want to hear. Rather, the growth of the church occurred through the proclamation of God's Word. Therefore, as we, as we apply this, I see three practical implications for us as individuals and as a church. As we apply this, first, devote yourself to the Word of God. Right? If, if growth happens numerically, spiritually, through the proclamation of, your, of God's Word, then devote yourself to the Word, you see? Acts 2.42. So they're added to their number... People are being saved. What are they doing in Acts 2.42? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We'll get to the other ones in the sermons to come. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. It was through God's word being preached to them that resulted in their conversions and thus numerical growth. And so they devoted themselves to God's Word because it was through the Word that they grew in salvation. There was a devotion and love for God's Word, for the the teaching of the apostles. Much like David in in the Psalms, in Psalm 119, which goes through every letter of the Hebrew alphabet, unpacking the Word of God, the significance of the Word of God. Oh, how I love your law! It is my meditation all the day. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. It is a delight for God's people, and it is to be desired by God's people. First Peter two two, like newborn infants, long. For the pure spiritual milk that by it you may grow up into salvation. Since it is through God's word that we grow spiritually, we are to long for it like a baby longs for milk. How is baby Isabel Rock going to grow? Right? Little Isabel Rock, she was just born a few days ago. How is she going to grow? through the milk, through being fed. By God's grace, she will grow. Slowly being fed nutritious food over a long period of time, growth happens. And it's desired by that little one, isn't it? so also we are to desire the pure pure spiritual milk which is the word of God because it is through God's word that we grow in maturity. What do you look to for your own personal spiritual growth? What do you rely upon for your own personal growth? Is the Word of God involved at all? Or do you seek growth primarily from books about the Bible? I say that primarily because We grow through other books as well as they point us to the Bible. Or is the Bible just completely dismissed and we're trusting in the the preferences and opinions of other people? Might we have a longing for God's Word on a daily basis and devote ourselves to it? Second, my second point of application since the growth of the church, numerical and spiritual, occurs through the proclamation of God's word, then we should therefore proclaim the word of God. Right? So if, if, if growth happens through proclamation, then what should we do? We should proclaim the word of God. In spite of difficulty, in spite of conflict that might, might arise, in spite of danger, in, in spite of people's opinions, in spite of the busyness of life, Listen to Acts 4, 1 through 4. As they were speaking to the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees came upon them, greatly annoyed, because they were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection from the dead. And they arrested them and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. Evening. But many of those who heard the word believed, and the number of the men came to about 5,000. The Sadducees denied the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They denied the resurrection. And so the disciples were facing persecution. And here we see them teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection. And what happens? They're arrested. But verse 4 many of those who heard the word believed. The church grew as the followers of Jesus proclaimed him, even in the face of opposition. Now, think about this. Think about this for a moment. The apostles are proclaiming the resurrection around a people who were denying the resurrection. Now, certainly, if they were like me, they might say, you know, let's just cover certain things that the people won't have a problem with. I don't want to offend anybody. I want to please the people. So in this instance, they they wouldn't talk about a resurrection then. Paul tells the elders in Ephesus in Acts 20 that he did not shrink from declaring the whole counsel of God. On Wednesday night, on this past Wednesday night around 7.50, here at church, I was sitting up with the the youth group. My phone buzzed. I look down and I read it, and I read a, a tornado warning in our area. Perhaps others receive that same warning. So I, I get up. I, I get up, and we're about ready to pray. I get up, and I, I go down the stairs of the youth room, and, and I see church members scrambling, getting kids lined up, and that sort of thing as, as we're about to, to go over to our house. So I, I head back up to the youth room and say, Let's go. Let's go. There, there's, a, there's a tornado warning. We are in a tornado warning. Right? A threat of a tornado is upon us. We must act now. We must heed the warning. We're, we're going to go to my basement. Let's go. You see, I have no problem proclaiming the warning of a physical tornado. Tornado. Interrupted them when our physical lives could be at stake. But how about when it comes to warning people of God's wrath when their eternal spiritual lives are at stake? Not could be, are. How about you? The Apostle Paul understood what was at stake. So he labored and toiled to proclaim Christ. Listen to Colossians 1 28 and 29. These are some of my, if you have favorite passages or favorite verses in the Bible, these are some of mine Colossians 1 28 and 29. Him we proclaim, Christ we proclaim. Warning everyone and teaching everyone with all wisdom. Why, Paul? That we may present everyone mature in Christ. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy that he powerfully works within me. Him we proclaim. Christ we proclaim. Why? So that we might present everyone mature in Christ. Spiritual growth, maturity in Christ. And it comes through the proclamation of Christ. Preaching Christ crucified and risen is not flashy. It's foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. It is through the proclamation of Christ and his word that the church grows numerically and spiritually. Let's toil and struggle for spiritual growth. Let's proclaim the word of God to ourselves, to our families, to one another, and to our lost friends. Third application. Since the growth of the church occurs through the proclamation of the word, therefore the proclamation of God's word is central and must be central to our church in spite of successes and failures, in spite of successes and failures. And I just just want to encourage us in in this final point. As a church, we proclaim Christ. Whether we grow numerically or not, there is always a danger to use various business techniques and methods and to find some magic formula that will cause the church to grow in numbers. As some of you know, I was a marketing major in college. I have a degree in marketing. My favorite classes were advertising and promotion. Maybe I need, to, I need to be more flashy. More innovative. More relevant. More motivating. Maybe I need to use my advertising and marketing skills. And then we'll grow in numbers. And then... We are reminded of Jesus' words On this rock I will build my church. Christ builds his church. Christ builds his church. And what a freeing truth. Therefore, I will make it my aim to preach Christ and him crucified and risen. As a church, we will proclaim Jesus. If you're a visitor here with us, we proclaim Jesus here at Pleasant Ridge. This is what we're about It's central to us, and we leave the results to God. In case we have forgotten that the proclamation of God's word wasn't a magic, automatic formula for church growth, listen to some of the the experiences of the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. Right? because we think of Acts. Wow, church growth is like crazy, just preaching all of a sudden. People come to saving faith in Christ. And everybody was believing. No, Acts 17, 2. When Paul arrived in Thessalonica, there was was a synagogue of the Jews, so we read this. And Paul went in, as was his custom, and on three Sabbath days, he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from, and to rise from. From the dead, saying, "Jesus, whom I said to you, Jesus whom I proclaim to you is the Christ." Now verse four. So he proclaims Jesus, verse four, and some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did a great many of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women. But the Jews were jealous. And taking some wicked men of of the rabble, they formed, what they do? They form a mob and set the city in an uproar. 1711, so Paul is sent to Berea and he goes into the synagogue and, and, and these Jews received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were true. Verse 12, many of them therefore believed With not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But the Jews from Thessalonica learned that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul at Berea also. What do they do? They came there to agitating and stirring up the crowds. Mixed, isn't it? Some believe, some don't. Acts 17, 32. Paul, in the midst of the Areopagus on Mars Hill, proclaims God's word. And then in verse 32... When they heard of the resurrection of the dead, some mocked. But others said, we will hear you again about this. So Paul went out from their midst, but some men joined him and believed. Some believed, some didn't. Our job and responsibility is to proclaim Jesus. To shine the light of God's word in dark places and hope that those who walk in darkness might see the light of the gospel of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Our role and job as a church, as individuals, is to proclaim Christ and call all people to repent and believe in him. This is what is central to our life as a church we preach Christ crucified and risen. I want to encourage you with that. You preach Christ crucified and risen. And might we continue to do so as we pray to God for conversions and spiritual growth and maturity here at Pleasant Ridge. Might we remember that the growth of the church numerically and spiritually may happen as we do the small mostly overlooked things, right? Daily time in God's word, proclaiming Jesus as we do the small, mostly overlooked things for a long period of time. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, Small, mostly overlooked things for a long period of time. It might seem so small to us, devoting ourselves to God's word, devoting our- ourselves to your word daily, preaching the gospel to ourselves, proclaiming Christ to our friends and family. seems so small and so insignificant. You use these means. You use the proclamation of your word. You use your word in extraordinary ways in our own lives. And we've seen that. When we look back on our past, we've seen how you have caused us to grow in Christ through the reading and studying of your word, through the proclaiming of your word. And now we do pray that you would give us strength. You would give us courage to speak boldly to make Christ known. Would you do so for us? when we open our mouth, might we boldly proclaim Jesus to our lost and dying world? And might we give them the hope of the gospel? It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.